best thing that's ever happened to me. Once you get that six months, you don't think that's going to change? I got a wife, kids. Do I sound like a happy guy to you, Frankie? Yeah, there's my wife. Now, see that? Always smiling. Hi, honey. Judging, watching. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. Hello, and welcome to episode nine, titled Mr. and Mr. Um, I am FM Grasshopper, and as ever, I'm joined by my talented co-host, Dan Gear of Bolivia fame. Konnichiwa, Dan. Konnichiwa. That's the wrong podcast. Well, you know, we, 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 keep, we like to keep things running through. Um, today we only make up 66% of the pod because we actually have a guest. For the first time ever, if we discount the other Scottish guy that appeared halfway through episode four, um, we've got Oliver Jensen at FM Football Manager. Konnichiwa, Oliver. Konnichiwa. Thank you. <laughs> um, so today's titled episode is Mr and Mr. It's a wedding theme. Um, if you have lived under a rock for the last week, um, you might not be aware that there was a royal wedding last weekend. Um, Prince Harry marrying uh, Meghan Markle, who I believe is the daughter of the German dictator, Angela Merkel. Um, <laughs> so we've gone for a wedding theme throughout the, throughout the pod. Um, but there's also a slight twist in that our guest today, Oliver, is getting married in a few days' time. So it's, this is preparing him. Um, for what he's going to be experiencing in a few days, and I'm a lot more nervous now. <laughs> that's what that's what appearing with Dan does to you. I think well, that's it. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just so, strange being on with two boss bastards now. <laughs> so just hope I can live up to your expectations. <laughs> yeah, and I've got a, it's like Tony and then James Blunt's here with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, we might as well start as we go on because we've, we've got quite a lot to get through today. I'll just give you the general structure for listeners. So we're going to do introductions, beer opening, etc. Um, we're then going to go through the the experiences of the Hindu, um, and then once we've done the Hindu, we're going to go straight into the wedding, do some wedding speeches. Um, then I'm going to give a gift to Oliver, and then we're going to finish on a first dance. So it's going to be pretty special today. Um, so are you all right to crack on and spark up some beers? Yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm going back onto Estrella Dam today. What about you, Dan and Oliver? I've got Mythos, a nice can of it tonight. Okay. And I've got a, a lovely 16-year-old Lagavulin. A whiskey. A whiskey, yes. Okay. Um, so, you, well, we've never been this culture before, have we, Dan? No, so we, <laughs> I feel pretty uh, underwhelmed now with my yeah. idea. But uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> have you got the ice and stuff ready for ready to go? The ice is ready, yes. Just one bit. Excellent. Okay, let's get started. So I'm going to spark up now. Okay. Um, Dan, we should also mention about the Japanese pod. Yeah, we should, yeah. Um, job advert. So I don't know if you want to expand on that, Angel. Um, I don't know if um, everyone's seen, but um, we put it on t- Twitter that we... Um, advertising for Japanese social media to help us through the World Cup and um, just keep keep us following up with the latest data from um, the scores and results and team selections and that throughout the World Cup as we're going to take that on board at Grass and Gear so if you want to apply send us a DM on Twitter um, yeah I think um, I think there's only like, well, when this pod goes out there'll be less than a week so yeah. um, um, you know please do apply show interest uh, I think during the games themselves 
we'll probably have that person doing some kind of the, the match reporting and update size, whereas perhaps Dan and I, I think we were going to split coverage and actually provide expert tactical analysis. Were we? Is that right? I think, well, yeah, we are. We are now, <laughs> now that I've said it. <laughs> so it'd be a good chance to work with us on a day-to-day basis, you know, see the pros at work. Um, it's quite a good work experience for anyone, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm handing the pod over now to the guest, uh, Oliver, who's going to move us through the Hindu. Yeah, thank you. Um, so for first up is a game of Mr. and Mr., so essentially, all I do is I'll ask you 10 questions, one at a time, and all you need to do is DM me the answer for who you think it most applies to. So we'll get straight into question one. Should we mention as well, we're doing some kind of charity work here as well? Indeed, yes. So uh, Glass and Gear have very kindly uh, agreed to donate £3 for every answer that matches. Yep. Big balls there with a the three pound. <laughs> Just to be clear, this is potential thirty pound income, and I think we've chosen. Um, what's the charity we've chosen? Special effect. Special effect. Yeah. So potentially thirty pound here's on the line. Let's do it. <laughs> right, fingers on the buzzers, and uh, get ready to DM me your answers. So, question one: Who takes the longest when it comes to pressing that first continue? Okay, I've done mine. Okay, so I'll read out one of you. Um, Gear chose grass. So that's wrong. What do you mean it's wrong? It's wrong. You have to match. I thought we matched. You... Oh, you did, sorry. sorry. <laughs> you have matched. How many, how many whiskeys have we uh, <laughs> been through already? <laughs> I've had three sips already, I'm super nervous. <laughs> I read the same DM twice. <laughs> Okay. I'll tell you the, the confusion is uh, Dan said Tony and you said grass <laughs> and I saw two okay, different names. So we need to, so to standardise Dan because I think Dan's the problem here I'm going to admit. Yeah. Yeah. So Dan you, you, Dan say, you say grass or gear okay? Grass oh, yeah. or gear. Do you want to send, so you send a, a tester Dan to Oliver now just to make sure? Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so we matched. So we it's got... in capitals as well. You matched. Okay. That's three pounds. Okay. So question two. Who uses the most team instructions? Oh, that's a hard one, that is. Um, there you go, sent my neighbor. Okay, this one definitely was wrong. Oh. Okay. Gear has chosen grass and yeah, do, sorry, so that's no, we, no three pounds. Do you want to talk about that, Dan? Because I don't know, I don't have many, I suppose. I got two on. At the moment. Um, okay, fair enough. Uh, I do have a few. I do have a few more um, than that. I can't remember how many I've got. Probably four or five. I say. I guess. Yeah. So I was right then. Um, <laughs> you were. So how come yeah. you've only got two? You've you copying Sam? No, I'm not copying Sam. To be fair, I um, since my um team sort of dominated Turkey a bit, I've um wanted to change it up a little bit, and I've adjusted the tactic a little bit to try and uh, make sure we. It's so our dominance on them because teams were sitting deeper. So I, I am was watching a few games and I found out, but I've taken off a few of the team instructions that gave us a bit more. Cause I've um, changed some structure to very fluid as well. So what the ones I had originally didn't really match up with it. Whilst See, I'm, I think, whilst I'm still yeah, playing the four one four one, I'm just adjusted, tweaking the tactic. 
see my, my four one for ones kind of I don't know if I'm right in saying it, but it's kind of like specialised because I, I know I've got like kind of quick pacey players, and because I play counter and, and structured, um, it's kind of like trying to get the ball forward. So it's passing to space, it's working wonders, um, you know, and a, a bit more closing down and a bit more higher tempo kind of thing. So maybe the fact that I've got maybe shitter players or not as well-rounded players, maybe I don't know. Yeah. I just I just found I've been making tweaks and I've kind of got my optimum level at the moment with my four 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 one four one four one, and with that amount of, of TIs. But you do see some people that go crazy and have like every TI selected. Yeah. Um, but then you, this year I think especially um, you've got some people just champion the fact that there's none working, and I think both can work really. Hmm. I don't know what you think, Oliver. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, mine, mine at the moment, I've probably got about six or seven, I think. Um, but equally, uh, none will work as well um, because the instructions already preset per mentality and shape anyway. All you're doing is adjusting what's preset. So yeah. technically speaking, you've you know you've got all of the instructions selected. You've just not modified them. But yeah, um, I, I, I tend to you know adjust as I go and finally end up with something that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, question three. Who is most likely to blow their load when it comes to the wage budget? <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I know this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, correct. Both chose gear. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite prudent, really. I know I spend, I spend, you know, if I'm in a big club, I'll get the odd marquee signing, but I don't think I've ever spent over, like, 30 million in any FM game. I don't, I, I don't think. No, I mean, I, I, I say at the moment, like, I've got about 175 million budget, but, um, with a transfer budget, and we got that in balance as well. It's not spent, it's quite hard to attract the sort of players that you need to spend that sort of money on. But in a, if I was a bigger team, yeah, I'd have no problems spunking a lot of it. Yeah. I normally just spend what's available. Yeah. I know, one of my mates actually at uni when I was playing FM was. I had two mates basically and one was like really really prudent with his money like he wouldn't ever spend he'd just, he'd just play FM and always get free transfers every every season and you can play like that and I think probably to an extent maybe FM is a bit easy because you can always just get free transfers because the AI releases players um, quite easily and I think you can just get by that way I had another mate on the extreme was that saying you know this is virtual money you don't own the money just just spend every single available um, unit of currency on transfers and wage mm. budget and it's kind of two extremes really it's quite it's quite funny to see and I'm kind of probably somewhere in the middle but perhaps more more prudent than um, uh, splash the cash I think it all depends yeah if you, if you don't spend it though you, you end up paying lots of tax or particularly in Italy I do I, I've got huge tax bills at the end so the more I spend the less goes on tax so I try and run it um, as low as possible yeah it also changes well because obviously when you're like a smaller club or that, you don't you haven't actually got a lot of money to spend. But when you're a bigger club, you you've got a lot more money to spend. So you're yeah. probably a bit more open to spending it because you know you know you know you can make it back. Like if you were a Premier League team, you know you're going to get all that TV money, so you don't mind like spending yeah. it all. Whereas when if you're a League Two side, you're not going to get that much money, so you've got to be a bit more careful with it. Mm. You see, this year I've kind <clears> of like I've I wrote about it last my last post about my like wage structure and how I've kept it kind of very socialist very equal um and in, in my mind that makes sense i'm trying to keep the players f- treated fairly there's no like pr- one one standout guy that's earning three times the amount of like most of the squad 
Um, that's just my little backstory, and that just kind of makes me happy. But um, you, do, you know, you do see people give like marquee signings incredible deals. Good. Right. So, <laughs> question four. Okay. So, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, who started playing football manager or championship manager first? That's quite a hard one because I think we're, we're, we're similar in age. For okay, Tony, Tony uh, you're wrong again. You've you've both chosen uh, yourselves. <laughs> um, okay, okay, Dan. Well, so, what was your first one then? Um, ninety five, ninety six. Ah, okay, fair play. I'm ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So yeah, so I I started really young. I've been like I've worked out a couple of. I worked out about two years ago when FM16 came out. It was like the 20th anniversary of me playing it. Yeah. Which is crazy, really. That I've played the same game for 20 years. Mm, yeah. And mm. I, I always think... I think I started... Sorry, I think I started one version before you. I think CM2 was just before yeah. that, wasn't it? 95, 96. Yeah. yeah. But yeah I, I think I remember watching my mate play... What was the Italia version? Was that the one before 97, 98? Yeah. Um, no, before that. That was just C- oh, really? CM Italia, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, I think CM2 had European add-ons, and then they went 95, 96. I think, I think that's how it happened. Yeah, so I remember watching a mate play that, or a mate's brother play that, and then the the way I got into 97, 98 was I was actually playing football with friends, and then um, just one summer's evening, there was no guys playing football, and I was like, what the hell, where is everyone? And then one of my friends said, oh, they're all, they're all playing the new championship manager that's out. So we went around his house and saw my, like my bro- like his his brother play ninety seven ninety eight and just all of us just camped around this one monitor watching the game. I was like, "Well, I've got to get this game." Um, and since then, I've actually had every edition and played every edition and mm. loved every edition. Really, I, you know, the, the, you do get the, your favorite edition, but I think more for me, it's just the, the save and attachment to the save I get. I don't know how you feel. Do you, do you love every every one for what it is? Yeah, I mean, like I say that. It all depends on every year I've had a I've had a save which I really enjoyed, so that's where where the attachment comes from. It I'm I'm not one of these people that plays five or six saves plus on an edition, one maybe two, so um you get an attachment to it and that's where I think the longevity comes from that you play so much of it and you become attached to it. It's like not not many games out there can give you at times I've done two and a half thousand hours when I was at college, you know, in an edition. Yeah if not more and I think there's not many games that give you that yeah I agree I think it was only FM16 I think I played maybe four hours total um, according to Steam but yeah the others have probably all had at least a thousand if not more hours each so well yeah, what, what happened in 2016 person? then I, I don't know I might have got a girlfriend I'm, I'm not really sure um, but <laughs> I certainly well, she, she won't she won't be your girlfriend soon or she might not even be anything related to you once you've listened to this podcast <laughs> so <laughs> okay so was that our fifth coming up to our fifth question now we've done four yeah. haven't we yeah okay yeah so question five who's most likely to give the kids a chance hmm, okay Yep, correct. You both said uh, gear. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, gear is 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 one of those that just loves loves youth development. He does. Um, I I I, I, tr- have, uh... I trust the older man more. 
There's, there's something about an older man that I just feel comfortable with. He might have even written a post about it. I've not really seen much uh, promotion or anything on social media, but rumours are there's a post out there that he's written. Yeah, I do, I do like um, putting the kids in. I mean, over the years I sort of decided like when the right time is for the development to do it and that, because I remember years ago I just used to have it, chuck them all in, and like 17, 18, and it's it, like... It, it won't work in it when you understand the game a bit more like talking to certain people especially like um mentioned a few pods ago like Cleon told us about um 18 being a driver for first team football then you like sort of relook at development a bit but I do enjoy developing kids it, I will say it's one thing that football managers probably a little bit too easy on it's quite easy to get a load of wonder kids when you think yeah, like I think, especially their physical attributes sometimes you get physical specimens and they're like 17 18 yeah and you think like realistically you probably uh, in a year if you got free on the continent you'd be happy like well wonder kids and that but you seem to get like four or five in in one country you know what i mean yeah. So I think that probably if people complain all the time about youth development not working, but if anything, I think it's a bit overpowered. Yeah. I think um, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I, I'm on the other side of the you know, the fence when, in terms of older players because I just I just think I trust them more. And that's not to say I don't love a new gen. I, you know, it's exciting when you get a new gen come through and they're actually unbelievably good, world class, and they're just gonna cause absolute scenes in the match engine. But just with an older guy, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of hidden back-end attributes are kind of already developed. Um, I just trust them more. I know that sounds really stupid. It's just a computer game, a bunch of pixels, but um, there's something about the older guy. That was, that's what I'll say about it. I think we'll uh, move on from that then. <laughs> um, <laughs> so question six. Um, if I asked my scouts to get a team report on each of you as FM players, who is most likely to have fewer weaknesses? That's easy. Do the right thing, Dan. That's easy. <laughs> that was an easy three pounds charity. Well done. Um, both. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry. Sorry, Grasshopper. <laughs> um, right. So, question seven: um, Who is the most decorated in terms of trophy wins since Championship Manager turned to Football Manager? So, this is back on O five. So who is uh, the most successful of the two? I don't really know how successful, you know, I don't actually know how successful I've been really because only since I've started blogging I actually remember all my saves because I can go back and read them but some editions I struggled now to remember and it was only like a decade ago really and a bit more but okay. Well, um, Dan was pretty quick to answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the answer to this. This is, Okay. I reluctantly say yeah. gear. <laughs> Probably because he saves and yeah. reloads. I don't. Uh, yeah, you, you, you both, uh, you both chose gear. Um, so, another, another three pounds. Brilliant. Um, right, question eight. Um, so we're moving slightly away from the football manager questions. Who has the weirdest pre-podcast ritual? <laughs> oh, definitely. That's, that's quick yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a bizarre one. I think people are going to switch off when they listen to my one. But <laughs> you, 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 can you guess who you both chose? Grass. I don't need to guess because I know who I chose. But <laughs> I, I, think, I think Dan's going to say me. Why is that? Well, <laughs> and why? <laughs> I don't know. I like to do a bit of cardio for a pod. 
So I like to have a quick run. <laughs> not not very far. That's definitely a pod, yeah? Definitely a pod. <laughs> uh, yeah, I normally run about... It's a really quick run. It's like kind of three and a half mi- two, three and a half miles, roughly. And then I like to shower quickly. And then I use moisturiser just to get ready. I don't know. It just feels... It just you know, it chills me out, really. Um, <laughs> a few weeks, and then, <laughs> a few weeks and, ago, and I think, Tony sent, sent, sent me a text saying this is what he was doing and I was sat here eating a kebab waiting for him <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know because I know I'm having a beer I think kind of the run spurs me on to have you know I enjoy my beer more because like, I'm absolutely gasping and I don't know it just seems to be the, the treat after the run but I don't know it's weird it is weird I'm weird anyway so um, so Dan do you, what is your ritual if you have one literally just turn up <laughs> Yeah, and I normally can't get rid of you either. You're, you're turning up every night just in case it's a pod. So. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well done, Dan. Anyway, I guess that right. Brilliant. So, question number nine: Every team has its leaders. Who is the team leader of the Glass and Gear podcast? <laughs> that was quick again. <laughs> I take time because I'm actually Noticing. laughing. I can't. There you go. Noticing a theme here, yep. <laughs> Both chosen grass. <laughs> uh, to be fair though, Dan, I think, uh, to give credit to Dan, he does actually come good ideas sometimes and um, emphasise sometimes. Sometimes. And you are a key, you know, grass and gear wouldn't be grass and gear without you. It would be very boring with just me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably would be, I don't know, it wouldn't be as quirky and as as good, I think. I think we've stumbled upon a, a, good, a good podcast, so... Yeah, yeah. It's it's a team effort, and you know it is fifty fifty. We share that the royalty is fifty fifty. Yeah, I've still got to do that bank transfer to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the last the last one. If Pedro had to spend the night in a haunted house with one of you, who would he choose? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, he wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. You've both chosen gear. <laughs> so it's another three pounds. I, th- I think gear would probably hug him and just treat him well. I think I'd get him working. I'd get him doing some kind of like, I don't know, social media, and anal- Google and analytics or something. You know, work him hard. <laughs> have him putting the cones out for your run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that 10 questions? Yeah. Was, it yeah. is. That's all 10. So oh, that was, that was brilliant. You got right. Uh, I think we've got six right. Is that right? Counted eight. Mm. That's even better than. Okay, well we'll do eight anyway because you can't do maths. <laughs> uh, so it's twenty-four pound. It's our contribution to the charity that I've forgotten about already. Special effect. Thank you very much for sorting out all of it. That was very good. Yeah, cheers. That was that was that was a really good game. Um, definitely a grass and gear type game <laughs> uh, with a bit of FM mixed in, so it's brilliant. Um, so next on the agenda, now that we've done the Hindu, is to move actually onto the wedding. So the wedding speeches. Um, I don't know, Oliver, in real life, how are you feeling for the the real wedding that's coming up? Uh, not too bad at the moment, but I think that's probably because I don't have my suit and I don't have a speech written. So there's nothing really to be nervous about. I think when uh, when I've written my speech and my suit doesn't fit, then I probably will get a bit nervous. Is it tempting <laughs> to take your grass and gear wedding speech to the wedding and actually just read the grass and gear yeah. one out instead and just do you know what I, I might i might joke about this but i've actually taken some of it and used it so um. <laughs> excellent excellent 
Um, so all three of us are going to do a wedding speech. Um, I'm going first as the father-in-law. Uh, then we've got Oliver going as the groom. Um, and then we've got Gear as the best man to ruin it all. Whatever comes before it, Gear is just going to tarnish it all. Um, and I, I dread to think, because I actually don't know what he's put. And I don't know what Oliver's either, but um, I've kind of done mine semi-seriously um, with FM as Oliver's love, who he's going to marry. So are you both all right for me just to kick off my speech? I'm yeah. actually quite nervous actually yep. doing this. and then, <laughs> You know, I'm not a father-in-law <laughs> as it stands. Um, so my speech then. I have cared and nurtured football manager for over 20 years now. I've seen her grow into an accomplished and mature individual, given a greater voice to those who need it. Whether it's children facing the impacts of war or those encountering gender, racial or social prejudices, she has been there to help. Football manager consistently goes above and beyond the reaches of what she originally set out to do in life. There is, of course, work um, on how we continue to build on the positive culture in the FM community and all become greater than some of our parts. And during these years, I have learnt to share her, becoming a content creator and sharing my stories with you all, and in doing so, consuming other stories too. Seeing football manager leave my house and bringing joy to millions of others is wonderful. And now it's time to welcome Oliver Jensen to my family, a young man who is as bold and progressive as my dear football manager. They have fallen for one another, beta testing and sharing guides and stories for others to enjoy. I do not believe in fate or destiny, but I believe in love, true love, unconditional, unrelenting and incorruptible. We come here today to recognise this, as do our listeners from around the globe. I want to welcome Oliver today and all of his family and Dan. Football <laughs> manager football manager has united us all. We are the managers. And then, wow. then cue the music. Uh, so... <laughs> So yeah, wow, thank you good. for yeah. very lovely words. Uh, yeah, I just thought a father-in-law. You know, maybe one day I'll be doing that kind of speech. I don't know. Um, you might want to save that. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of wish I put a bit more yeah. effort into mine I now. Say, it's only going downhill from here. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> so it's over to you, Oliver, well. then, as the groom. Um, good luck. <laughs> don't piss your pants. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't done so already. Yeah. I absolutely cannot follow those words, honestly. So thank you. Um, and thank you to everyone else for tuning in and listening. It means, uh, means a lot to us all that you're here to celebrate a special day with us. Um, so firstly, I'd like to turn my thanks to Grass himself. Um, without your quick wit and imagination to come up with such unique topics for the podcast, we might never have experienced your soft, dulcet tones in our ears. <laughs> However, we do also have you to thank for gear, so swings and roundabouts. <laughs> your tales of Angel Bastardo will live long in the memory of many of us. From ousted El Presidente Veron in the early years to successive Copa de Libertadores titles and finally the Super League winners. So first, if you could all be upstanding, I'd like to raise a toast to FM Grasshopper. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Now, I'd also like to say thank you to my best man, Daniel. We've been FM friends for a while now and you've been fantastic today. You've kept me calm and got me where I needed to be on time although I still didn't know what time we were starting till about five minutes ago. <laughs> Either way, I thank you for your efforts. Daniel has the heart of a panther, 
He is given much joy with his inability to pronounce the most simple player names, his uncanny knack to miss the simplest of jokes, and who for- can forget all the help dear Ge- Geardry gave to the lost souls of the FM community. So again, if he could be upstanding, I'd like to raise a toast to Daniel Gear, open brackets of Oblivia fame, close brackets. Cheers, Dan. Smash Cheers. the bastards. Thank you. I'm proud. Cheers, Dan. <laughs> and last, by no means least, football manager. Football manager and I met in school, but back then she was better known as championship manager too. From the first day we met, you made me feel like I was part of something special, for which I can't thank you enough. Your SVGA graphics and photorealistic backgrounds will stay with me forever. <laughs> You've also made me consume more pot noodle than I thought humanly possible, so thanks. As we grew up together, we both changed for the better. I'm sure everyone will agree when I say it. Football manager 2005, you looked fantastic. You did an excellent job of keeping hold of the source code, updating your user interface, and who could forget the refined match engine, new pre and post match information, and not forgetting the manager mind games. It hasn't all been play sailing, however. There have of course been difficulties along the way. Your attempted release to consoles, the huge delays to the release of Championship Manager 4, and the fake heroes born out of exploitative tactics such as Diablo and Grid. However, we've managed to remain on speaking terms throughout these years, 23 years later, and I haven't looked back. So for the last time tonight, if I could ask you to raise your glasses to Football Manager. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Dilly dong. <laughs> so I think it's probably enough for me. So I'm now going to hand over to my best man, Daniel, who's one of my closest FM friends and who I have a feeling may about to become one of my newest enemies. <laughs> so over to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, thank you very much. It was a great speech. Well, um, this is going to be shit in comparison to the other two. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> it's an honour to be the best man for the wedding of football manager and Oliver. I remember when Oliver told me this story about when he first met football manager. He said he saw her face in a crowded place and he didn't know what to do. (laughs) She caught his eye as he walked on by. They shared a moment in Athlins that will last to the end. He said she's beautiful. She's beautiful. It's true. He said to me, look who's not alone now. It's not me. It's not me. I found you. Two wise men, and it's given me a semi by the sea. That's implying to me in grass. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> he told me she touched his heart, she's touched his soul, she's changed his life and all his goals. She's been the one, she's been the one for him. She's seen him cry, she's seen him smile, she knows his fears, and they've had their doubts, and now they're fine, because he's realised he cannot live without a football manager. Hopefully, you will never have to say, goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You are the one for me. (laughs) In all seriousness, Football Manager has brought Oliver a lot of joy, as well as the rest of us, and hopefully this continues long into the future. So good luck with your upcoming marriage, and let's all raise a glass to Football Manager and to Oliver. Cheers. To FM and Oliver, cheers. Cheers. Wow, this is probably the most weirdest podcast we've ever done. <laughs> it's I'm truly glad to be a part of it. It's truly bizarre, <laughs> but I love every every word, um, every syllable of those speeches. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> okay, um, so that is the wedding speeches done. So now I'm just moving on to the wedding gift because then we're coming on to the the, the first dance. 
Um, so I've got something to send you, uh, Oliver. One sec, just need to use my phone. So this is a gift from Dan and I, with the help of good friend Andre uh, Kesey Rensi, otherwise known. <laughs> and this is your evening gown, and we'll 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 post it out on the uh, on the Twitter sphere tomorrow when it goes out on uh, when the pod gets released. But that would that's amazing. That's your evening gown. It's the Palmer um, logo on a blue and yellow shirt, and I don't know. It's pretty funky. I think it would light up the dance floor. Absolutely, that's uh, that's amazing. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. So, so I think that moves us on into the first dance. So this was, I don't know, my idea of just kind of picking a feature of FM eighteen that you absolutely love and want to share, and it can be anything niche. It could be a major um, part of FM. Um, but you know, if you were going to choose something to have a first dance to, this would be the the uh, thing of FM. Um, so I think I was going to go first, and then I'll get I'll let you guys fight over what's next. Um, so I was going to pick basically Squad Number Day as my <laughs> FM18 thing that I absolutely love, and it got a little bit of um, just, you know the the little gremlins crawl out the woodwork, don't they? The little shits that um, <laughs> come and have, have a go at the way I squad number. So I sent a tweet out recently of just the way I've been ordering my numbers because I'm using the Argentine model of uh, squad numbers, um, and. You know, a bit geeky, but every year I just kind of capture it in a graphic. So I've done five graphics now um, in my 4141 formation. And, you know, without naming any names, but only one name I'll name is James FM Pressure, the cunt. Um, (laughs) Basically, just, you know, it goes in every time about squad numbers. So I just thought, why? I'm just going to go on record why I love squad number day. You know, people might just overlook it and just auto number. I don't know, but for me, it's one of those things that squad number day comes up. I'm hitting save straight away, um, and then I'm, you know, just thinking about what squad numbers I'm going to give people, and I I clear all. So <laughs> I start with a clear <laughs> canvas every season of squad numbers, um, and I think that really evokes hatred from some people. Uh, I got a, a lot of abuse via DM on Slack on Twitter. Um, you know, you know who you are, you sad little bitches. Um, People take this far too seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I just thought I'd go on record and say what I do with squad numbers. So I'm using an Argentine model. My basically my creative central midfielder is always going to be a ten, and he's going to be central. And I'm four one four one. He's going to be in the, C- the CM slot. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> I suppose the most most emotive issue that I have from, from some people is that my number two is my right sided, right footed. Uh, centre-back um, I think people using the European method want him to be a right-back but he's not, he's a centre-back so deal with it <laughs> um, <laughs> my five is my withdrawn defensive midfielder um, and it leaves my seven to be another central midfielder and I think people want that to be a winger um, but he's not, he's a central midfielder so suck it up, bitches <laughs> uh, so I don't know it's just one of those things I do every year and I love doing it and it's just I suppose it's, an under, it's, an, it's not really a feature of FM. It's just kind of um, a new screen item that you can easily overlook. But for me, it's, it's such a big thing. And I don't know, if, if it was a song, it, it would be one of those songs that's not a, not a massive hit, but perhaps strikes a cult following. It's not kind of like an R&B love ballad that got released as a double B-side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I love Squad Number Day. So if you guys want to challenge me on it, 
um, right. or you wouldn't agree with me and call James a cunt, then do. That, 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 that's why <laughs> James, I love doing it. James is a cunt, but um, also <laughs> I would say that I, I do quite like that you made a little game out of it for yourself. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it. I know anyone that pays as so much attention to it as you. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, most people just, like, you know, click a few numbers, match up, agree with someone that they want a certain shirt, I would have thought. Maybe yeah. look at what their tactic is and pick their first 11 and the rest. They just sort of, well, I do, I do, whatever. But I do, I do love the fact that you, like, take it really seriously. Yeah, I've just basically made numbers 1 to 11 sacred. Like, you fight for the shirt. My players are competing for that shirt. Again, it's that kind of that backstory that, you know, my players don't really care about. It's just only me that cares it. But, you know, I just like the fact that it, it puts pressure on. And it, it helps me evaluate every season. When I come to do my season, I'll say, who is my number nine on merit and form and everything that's gone before it. So um, it's something that I like doing. And, yeah, I, I, I never give in to players demanding, like, um, if someone wants a, a number 13 shirt and they're like in, they're in one of the 11 pl- best players, they're not, not going to get it. You know, I choose the squad numbers, deal with it, you know. Um, so I just thought I'd say that and, you know, hopefully the haters will go away. Anyway. I can get on board with most of that, but the number two at centre-back, yeah. absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, that makes me sick. And the seven in the middle, <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can, the, ten, the ten in the centre, I can get on board with yeah, that. Yeah, Yeah, the two and seven, no chance. Because <laughs> that, that, that has implications because the, the eight shifts out onto the right wing and the four shifts, <laughs> oh. at, shifts at right back. So I can understand yeah. why people are annoyed, but, you know, you need to understand squad numbers are kind of, they're a social construct. So, you know, they don't, it's not a universal squad numbers. This is the right way of doing it. You know, countries like Argentina grew in their kind of little bubble and that's their squad numbers. And it's the same as Europe. They all come from Hungary, I think. If you go look at squad numbers and study them up, it's kind of the hungry system kind of developed it, and obviously then England as well also did. So I think people need to be more open-minded squad numbers. But um, I, I do like the um, fact that you tried to uh, um, be authentic with it. So that's the way the Argentinians do it. So that's, that's the way you're going to do it. Would you say you, you obviously when you when you managed Inter last year, you obviously didn't take that over with you because you were in Europe. No, you no. then adopt the European one or. Yeah, yeah, I did. So that's what I do, basically. Um, it it would be, I know, it's, it's again, it's the way I play FM, but I kind of, I kind of try to apply the, I don't know, the, the socially accepted norms of that country when I'm in. So, and that's not to say that every Argentine club does it, but you know, Estudiantes, for instance, have their right-sided centre back as number two, um, this year in their squad. Um, so it, well, you know, and the number ten's always that- creative in the central field. That's quite cool, the, the offensive side of it, you know, you're trying to match up with how they actually do it. Yeah. So that that's my first dance, and that's the, the, the feature of FM that, you know, perhaps is a bit underestimated and not, not loved as much, but I love it. So over to you guys for the next one. Okay, so I'll dive in next. Um, for me, it's the controversial subject of the director of football. Um, still one of my most favourite features because there's nothing worse than having 20 staff members come up for renewal at the same time. Oh, that is um, annoying, to be fair. <laughs> it's so annoying. So I'll I'll go to the staff screen, sort by contract expiry, highlight everyone, and it's just one right click, negotiate contracts, done. He'll do them all. Um, he might pay a little bit more, might pay a little bit less. I'm not really too fussed. Um, he's, he's, he saves me so much time. Um, but I also go a step further 
Um, I use the director to uh, sign players for me, so I'll choose them, but he will negotiate the fees, negotiate the contracts, deal with the agents and all that sort of thing. I just, I don't have time for all of that. So from, from my perspective, um, he, he basically deals with all the admin um, and I'll deal with the football side of things. So most definitely for me, and I know most people will cringe at the thought of doing this, but yeah, I, I hand off loads to him. Um, and I, d I don't even put myself in control of hiring and firing him. So that's down to my chairman. So actually, in my Palmer save, my chairman actually swapped the director of football for someone else. Um, not not because the other one was doing a bad job, but um, the contract expires and he got me a new one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I absolutely love it. I know most people hate it, but it's just such a time saver because yeah, there's nothing worse than having so many contracts and youth contracts and all of that to deal with. I'd rather just hand it all over. So I've got, can I jump in a few questions, Dan, before you? Yeah. So, I don't know, I've got a few questions. You know, I understand completely the way you play because, um, yeah, I totally agree. The squad contract renewal day is horrible. Sometimes I save it and have to leave the game and come back the next day because I just can't face, you know. Mm. And But I am a bit of a control freak, so I find it really hard because I try to push I try to push the AI negotiations as much as I can. And I know because I've played the game for so many years, I know kind of what works in kind of the contract renewal stage. If you put this option in or you can extend the, the year contract kind of thing, you can get a better bargain. But um, I would like to play your model, definitely. I think the one question I've got really is, is the AI intelligent enough to make good decisions in terms of transfer targets, really? I, don't, I suppose contract renewals is kind of, you know, they might pay over the odds a little bit, but I suppose it's, you know, it won't be as, as bad. But in terms of transfer targets, could you, could you see some insane deals being put through your squad and you don't control it? Well, I, I, I'll i still pick the players. So I'll choose what players I want and add them to a list. So I've got a transfer target list. I'll create a folder for left-backs, right-backs, centre-backs, whatever. Um, and it, during the season, I'll identify my targets and add them to the list. And when the window opens, he f makes offers for them all. Um, invariably, he'll miss out on most of them. Um, but that's because I'll set a maximum amount I want to spend per player. So um, for first team, for example, I won't pay over... 80 grand a week or, or whatever it is so yeah. you know he'll miss a lot of targets but that's because i've imposed limits on him making offers for people um but no i a lot of the decisions are you know they're, they're fairly simple decisions they're, they're you know they're quite they're, they're okay sometimes he'll insert insane clauses i lost i signed a center back in the summer um for like half a million and i think he had a 4.3 million clause put in his contract release clause and Inter Milan signed him for me the next season and instantly his value just went up to like 25 million um, mm. that was a bit annoying but he very rarely will I see um, re release clauses in contracts it's more Both. annual rises um, and goal bonuses that annoy me but you know in in the real world you know you wouldn't get someone like Guardiola sitting down with a, you know a, a young 17 year old kid negotiating goal bonuses and things like that so yeah. I try and just leave it. I, th I think there's definitely realism there, definitely. Um, you know, especially the fact that you're playing Italy as well. The continental model in Europe is that the manager is a, is a coach, basically, and there will be a hierarchy mm. above him doing all the you know, dirty work in transfers and finances and targets and then presenting that manager with a shortlist and saying, what player do you want and what you know we can get. Um, so it adds realism. I think I would actually love to play your, your way with the director of football and using that. Maybe for FM19, I don't know. But maybe I'm a bit too much of a control freak, I don't know. 
You, you well, see, you've seen squad number day, so. <laughs> when um, when you released your post a couple of weeks ago, I um had a conversation with you on Slack about it, and um I then tried to do the director of football thing, which I say in, in the past I've literally tried it once and thought, ah, that's, that's crap, it didn't work. But after reading what you put and having a conversation with you, um I did it, and actually I was quite impressed. I will like there was um one player that I've been trying to sign for about three seasons, it just wasn't interested. And I did what you said, you put him on the list. And he got him, he got him in the door, he spent the money. And, um, which I, I don't think would have happened without him doing it. Again, with the contracts, he, I've um, let him do a couple of, like, a couple of them and, like, see what it's like. And he, I've been impressed with all the calls that he's done. He, I will say, sometimes, I don't think he's willing to spend enough money. Like I said earlier, I got, like, 200 million to spend. And there's, like, a, a player and it's valued at about 120 grand. And he'll go up to a maximum of about 200 grand. He doesn't seem to ever want to go over that, but whether that's something behind the scenes. And also, when you said a minute ago about that centre-back, um, that didn't signed off you, I suppose if you look at it the other way, he bought him for half a million, a 4.3 million release calls is still quite a bit of a profit. So whilst you say like he might he was valued it, he would have gone up to 20 million or whatever, you've got to take into because it's a ration rep and all that, it's still quite a bit of profit. So yeah, I think we we signed him in um, in the lower division as well. So we got yeah. promoted, and then he got taken off me straight away. Yeah, I think like if you take all that into consideration, it's not a terrible deal. And I, I have been quite impressed. And I think um, going forward, I'm going to try and use it more. I will say one thing I did notice, and we did discuss, is when you make your lists, if um, if you don't have any players in the list, it d- deletes it, which would be a nice thing for them to improve. Yeah, I found a workaround for that. If you add a player to each one of the lists and put it on hold and then just yeah. never take it off hold, it'll yeah. keep the list there. Yes, so, yeah, hopefully they'll fix that. Oh, that's right, then I'll do that. See, so learning things every day. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's, and I grab a great pick for a first dart. So hmm. moves us on to the main man, best man, Dan Gear, who enters the dance floor with two pints of lager and his tie around his head. Um, (laughs) what are you going to pick Dan Um, I'm going to pick youth development youth intake you know all under the same bracket it's um, it's, um, I would say it's one of the main features of the game and the deeper you go into the game it becomes the focus I mean a lot of people I mean obviously not yourself Tony but a lot of people get beyond 10 seasons whereas that's the aim is then to become the sort of have your homegrown 11 you know you see a lot of people post about this and I do think it's a a great feature of the game that you can do this. Like I said earlier, I do think it's a little bit overpowered, and I see I do see a lot of people complaining about the fact they're not getting five star. You, I do think a bit unrealistic in that expectation, but I do think it's a great part of the game because it gives you that sort of extra management almost because you're focusing on your first team, but you're also looking to the future. You're also worried about that 16 year old right back with another two shirt on, and um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but no, you um, you, you I do think it almost as a second layer to the game in the sense that you know you you got your first team, you got your under twenty ones, they're the sort of on the fringe sort of coming through. You're working on their development, and then you have got your under eighteenth or nineteenth, depending on what country it is. Um, you're youngsters, you're looking at their development, how you and I do, you can really get quite in depth with the game, uh, which I do tend to focus on, working on their personalities, working on their player traits, what positions right for them. And stuff like that, I do think it. Some people, I think, like see us too 
two-star, three-star potential player and just release them, when actually you can still make that player into a first-team player. Just takes a little bit more work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can polish those kind of raw players into into something that fits your system, definitely. And I think overall succession planning is 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 great. I think in youth development, obviously, you said to see under 18s and in under 23s, whatever it is, and into the first team. Um, mm. It's a it's another side of the game that perhaps if you do play only one or two seasons with a club, you'll never experience really because there's no need to. Um, but for those long haul games, you know, I'd say probably five seasons plus. Um, it's a whole new dynamic and um, I don't mind you promoting your blog post really about it because it was a good post about youth development and how you you know go about <laughs> yes. the gear the gear way um, and yeah you know it's, it's a good feature and although I don't really I do use young players but it's not my I would say my favourite feature but um, it's a part of any long term save I guess yeah well I mean I suppose that's the thing that, um, not everyone's got to play in the same way and like you say, like obviously time restraints mean you can't play any more than 10 seasons, so you probably don't focus as much as someone who's going to play 30, 40 seasons on it. Yeah. Well, maybe if I get a director of football, then I might be able to pass well, 10 it. seasons. See, that's it. You can, <coughs> you can take mine and Oliver's things, put them together and make you play longer. Yeah. Thank you, guys. <laughs> 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 Have you got anything you want to add on that, Oliver, about obviously youth development? No, I just I completely agree. Um, often the teams i play with are pretty skint so uh, youth development is always quite key because you generally can't afford to sign anyone um so yeah i quite often have uh, a lot of youth in uh, in my under 23s um but yeah exactly the same try and build up my uh, my facilities as much as possible get the best coaches in um and then sell on the players for profit if i can yeah, yeah. That's how you, that's how most of my two hundred million balance it is from developing youngsters and selling them on. I mean, because um, even like in Turkey, there's not that much money, but I've made a majority of it from transfer fees. But one thing I will say about like youth development as well, I was having this conversation with someone on Twitter, and he was moaning that he never got anything over a four star potential ability. But I was trying to, I was having a conversation with him saying that like I got a two star. Um, player come through and he's now starting centre midfield for me he's, his now current ability is two star and potential is two star at 25 and I think you have to take the star rating with a bit pinch of salt you have to look more into the attributes of each role that, or the role that he's going to play so obviously like the star rating is a good indication to start with roughly how they're going to be with the current team but you know, I think you need to like dial in a bit more and have a look at more of the um, attributes of the players before you decide to release them and decide how you're going to de- develop them and that also adds another level to the game yeah definitely yeah, I think the rating is also you know when, when he originally looked at it if you had a weaker squad um, he'd obviously have a higher rating mm. compared to everyone else but yeah. if you over the years develop your squad and get better players in his his um, rating against the improved squad will potentially reduce if he doesn't develop properly um, or even if he does he could still you know level out to a, a rating that was lower than what he might have expected yeah that's it and also like what you will notice is if um you if, because it's based on your current team at the time if you went in sold like half your team in that and he he then becomes his stars do like they're di- dynamic they do go up if the team weakens because then he will his potential max is higher to their team and obviously mm. alternative to that if your team gets um, a lot better his star rating drops down 
but obviously he's not going to get to that level exactly okay um so this brings us to the end of the pod so i guess it's now the outro really of like who who we are where where you can find our content etc so um for me there won't be a blog post post for a while um i'm just starting season six but you know you can read my journey on fmgrasshopper.com forward slash 18 of which there is around 10 seasonal posts now and a few other intro posts and guides and stuff so check it out if you haven't heard my or read my story just yet um dan where can we find you I'm at, at DGear86 on um, Twitter, and um, the links to my blog posts are on, on my um, bio. And uh, otherwise, you'll find me on Slack on my um, Welcome to Casper Pass channel. And Oliver Jensen. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at FM Football Manager. And <laughs> all the links are in there to my website and everything like that. Excellent. And I suppose the, the, the pod, Dan. Um, we're going to be quite all over the World Cup when when obviously Japan kick off their games. So we we do actually have a kind of schedule, and that will go out at some point of yeah. who's going to be who's going to be covering the, the games between me and you in terms of the expert tactical analysis. Um, <laughs> but then also we the recruitment process. I think ends. I think uh, this time next week. So I think it's the first yeah. day. Uh, what is it? The first day of the first is it? Yeah, like first of the thirty first. So yeah. we'll then probably be interviewing the first uh, maybe over the weekend but we should make an announcement I reckon 4th of June yeah, definitely. Um, for the guy that's going to lead us to glory for the World Cup really to, to cover Japan um, so the pod itself is obviously at, at Grass and Gear on Twitter and I don't need to plug the actual audio because you're listening to it now so <laughs> um, just like to go thanks thanks to Oliver for coming on today I think it's been a great pod um, yeah and, thank, and thanks for making the game as well yeah it, it's was, a, it was a pleasure it was brilliant and we wish you the best of luck uh, on Sunday when you do get married um, Thank Grass you. and Gear will be there in spirit uh, <laughs> and uh, have a have a um, little uh, glass of uh, whatever for us <laughs> will do yeah good luck okay guys um, so thanks for listening and we'll be back yeah, soon thanks guys see you again cheers bye cheers. thanks